Welcome to the Eat, Train, Prosper podcast, where we provide you sustainable training principles for strength and building muscle, effective nutrition practices for improving and maintaining a lean physique, and practical lifestyle habits for becoming a champion of your own health, both inside and out. Hosted by Aaron Straker and Brian Borstein. All right, welcome to the pilot episode of the Eat, Train, Prosper podcast. So I am here with uh, my good friend and podcast host, Brian Borstein. My name is Aaron Straker. And with this first episode, we were just going to kind of talk about how we got into training, how we got into nutrition, our backgrounds, what we're doing, and then our plans with this podcast. So if you can just give everyone a little introduction on yourself, Brian. What's up, guys? Aaron and I are super excited to be here and uh, be able to talk about some kind of dorky things in the industry that... uh, that maybe we don't get the the ability to focus on in uh, in everyday life, or that people may not necessarily think is quite as interesting um, across our social medias. So we can really dig deep into some topics and uh, dig out the nuance of it. And uh, just excited to get going with all this for you guys. Yeah, we were uh, a few like about a month ago, a month and a half ago. Um, I was in Boulder uh, and me and Brian got together and just kind of having a conversation about podcasts and stuff. And we realized we kind of were both itching to do kind of the same thing, you know, have a little bit more depth of the conversations with, you know, including the specific context, uh, something that you don't get to do really on Instagram because of that 2200 character limit. So that's where the idea for this E Train Prosper podcast was born. And then kind of, you know, given a little bit more of a background, Brian is a little bit more, uh, you know, better to be completely honest and nuanced on the, on the training side of things. And then the kind of complete opposite is, you know, true for me on the nutrition, I'm a little bit more nuanced and less with the training. So it's just a really, really good kind of combination here with the both of us, um, to cover training, to cover nutrition and, you know, how to implement it into your life in a, in a way that's going to be healthy, sustainable, you know, both inside and out. So, um, if you can just kind of give everyone a little bit of more background on what you do for business, Brian. Yeah, I own a couple companies that do training and a little bit of nutrition. Um, Evolved Training Systems was my uh, original baby. It started um, out of the need to have a little bit of that kind of functional bodybuilding feel, um, leaving CrossFit and trying to find a path that allowed me to train a little bit more sustainably, train my clients a little bit more sustainably but also had a little bit of that fun that uh, we kind of all felt that addiction to within the CrossFit space. And that was, you know, back in 2015, 16, 17, kind of going through that that hybrid mentality with Evolved. And then uh, in 2018, I linked up with Lori Christine King and we started a similar company called Paragon Training Methods. Um, so between those two, we have a bunch of different programs that operate from like purely physique spectrum and then uh, moving more into that kind of hybrid focus where there's some Olympic lifting, some metabolic conditioning work, um, as well as that big focus on strength and physique as well. So that's kind of where I reside at the moment. Um, background is way beyond that, but I know that uh, we'll get into to all of that here as we keep going through. Yeah. So a little bit of background on myself. Um, I'm a nutritionist. I own and operate a, a nutrition coaching company called Straker Nutrition Company. Um, really just focusing on objective nutrition and helping people get into shape, leveraging nutrition and lifestyle for really driving that, having much deeper conversations around, you know, what works, what will not work, what works, you know, in an insustainable method, which are things that we, you know, really don't focus on, but what is going to work from a sustainable method, long-term things that you can repeat, keeping your hormones in check, you know, and really educating um, men on how to do things the right way and being, becoming a champion, you know, of their own health. So I think what would be really cool with, with this episode is to kind of just cover our backgrounds a little bit. And one thing that I think would be um, pretty interesting, because it's a, it's a very like vivid memory I have in, in my own mind, and I don't think you and I have ever talked about it, so it would be cool to kind of talk about it here, is how I For remember sure. meeting you and how I remember like learning about CrossFit PB. Um, which is, uh, which stands for Pacific beach, which is in San Diego where we both used to live. So it's like January, 2012 or no, no, it's, it's the fall. So it's like November or October of 2011. And I am, um, it's my like first year into CrossFit. And I went with a couple of friends up to the, up to orange County to one of the N 
L left LCI Invitational. Was that what it was? And 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 no, it was the LCI was the one in Mission Gorge. Okay, the Left Coast Invitational. The one up in Orange County was it was the the Nathan Holiday one. NCI and I I forget, but I, yeah yeah. And I remember um, it was you, Pitts, Anders, and Loden. And then someone was with, uh, they were like, oh, those are the CrossFit PB guys. And I had heard, you know, just through like the little kind of CrossFit rumors, like CrossFit PB is like where you go if you want to like lift heavy and actually like get jacked, you know, (laughs) that's where they like actually (laughs) lift weights. You're not just doing like running workouts and stuff. And after doing like a year of running workouts and I was like super lean, you know, but I was like 179 pounds. I was like, that's what I want to do. And I remember you guys were just like actually jacked, you know, compared to everyone else. And (laughs) I remember seeing like, I was like, okay, like that. And I, I knew I, you know, my lease was coming up and I was going to be moving to the beach and that's like solidified it for me. I was like, I'm going to go to CrossFit PB because I want to be with those guys. So that's when I first remember like seeing you from a distance. And then, you know, basically like two months later, my lease was up. I moved, um, and you know, walked into CrossFit PB. I remember like Pitts had his super long hair and he was like jerking 350, <laughs> you know, and this was like, 2012, right? Animal. Yeah, so people yeah, yeah. weren't really like that strong back then for CrossFit and just being in this like whole new world. And it was very, very different. And it was like a whole new thing for me. And I sucked um, because I was like so weak compared to everyone, but I was excited. It was like, I, I felt like really at home. Um, so that's kind of like when I remember, you know, meeting you and then obviously you was a member um, at the gym for f- four, four years, four and a half years, um, until like really the, the sale and stuff. Um, and then basically we, you know, when, when Anders kind of took off, that's when I was like, I just was overdoing CrossFit at that time. And we'll kind of get into that. I'm sure more or less, but yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. One of my, uh, one of my memories of, of you coming into the gym for the, for the first, at least maybe not the first time, but was, um, was kind of along the lines of what you were saying. And, you know, we were preparing for what, we knew was going to have some sort of either heavy snatches or heavy cleans in the open that year. And, uh, I think the workout ended up being that, that snatch ladder that went like 75, 135, 165. Um, but, uh, but I remember you just struggling so hard with 135 snatches yeah. and, uh, and you could do them anyhow. It was like a squat snatch, power snatch, whatever, just get the thing overhead. And then it's wild to think like, I think, if I can remember correctly, I feel like you got like nine reps at 135. Like it wasn't a lot. I think it was seven. And then within seven. Okay. It, 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 there was like 30 to yeah. do. So, so the, it was, uh, anyway, so then I remember, you know, obviously you ended up getting up to 235 snatch, 245, whatever it was you ended up hitting. It's 253, um, Brian. Come on. 253. My bad. <laughs> my bad. Um, but yeah, like you got to a point even within a year where that 135 snatch was like, butter it was like no big deal so it was just a matter of putting together like the power that you did have with the strength that you did have and then a little bit of technical proficiency yeah, along with it yeah i like i vividly remember that workout i'm like oh wow i suck <laughs> <laughs> um i'm cool so if you can just kind of take me back a little bit more or actually a lot of it more to like um like how you got into training right like what introduced you to, to lifting weights um and let's talk about that in our pasts yeah, for sure. These are going to be good stories. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for everyone to hear everything. Um, okay. So I was 15 years old. Uh, I was super late in the puberty train and basketball was my favorite sport. Short white kid, late to puberty, likes basketball and needed something. Um, and weightlifting was kind of that thing. So I was trying to make varsity as a ninth grader. I failed and then I immediately started lifting weights um, over the course of the next year. Worked super hard, primarily on compound movements. Um, I felt so blessed that I fell in with a group of guys um, in the fledgling internet that uh, really just promoted big compound movements. Stay away from the fluff. They told me not to do the bro split, you know, chest Monday, back Tuesday type thing. It was, uh, you know, deadlift, bench press, squat, overhead press, pull-ups, rows, that was it basically dips seven movements, repeated them twice, maybe three times a week and got really strong. Um, and I think that that was the best thing that could have happened to me because it didn't require a ton of time. It taught me how to work hard and, um, I got big and strong in a short amount of time and made varsity the next year. So, um, that was the very beginning and I'm like, like I said, just forever grateful that that's the way it happened because today, you know, flashing forward to 2000, 
2015, 2020, um, and even prior to that, the bro split was the thing. Like you would open a muscle magazine in the 90s or the early 2000s or today, and that's what the guys that that are big and are on the Olympia stage are doing. I mean, there's a number of different reasons why they're doing it, and we'll get into this in future episodes. You know, regarding things they might be taking. Um, how much damage they can do to a muscle in a given session and things like that. But, um, someone new starting out that's deadlifting and squatting, you know, these meager numbers, they don't need to be just doing it once a week. They need the time to practice the movement and do it multiple times a week. Um, and so, so again, you know, so lucky to have fallen into that camp throughout the, uh, throughout high school. That's more or less how I trained. Um, back in the day they called it hit. I guess that, that, that acronym still exists. It's H I T instead of H I I T. Um, so it's high intensity training and it basically just means working hard on a select few movements. So that was the start. Um, as I got into college is really kind of when I fell into the bro split thing. And, uh, there was a program out in the early two thousands, I guess, late nineties called max OT. Do you know this program, Aaron? No, I don't think I actually do. All right. It's from a, a company called AST, uh, sports science. And, uh, it is essentially, the idea is that you do one, maybe two muscle groups a day. If it's two, then it's one big one, one small one. And you do only six to nine sets per body part per week. So you hit them all in that same session. So my chest day was like two sets of bench, two sets of dumbbell bench and two sets of dips and one set of flies or something like that. Um, seven total sets. And every rep was four to six reps for compounds or six to eight reps for isolations. So everything was super low rep and every set was to complete and utter failure. Not like assisted reps failure, but like until you literally cannot move the weight no matter what. Mm -hmm. And there was even kind of some, some, it's okay to use a little bit of body English. It's okay to kind of like twist a little as you're pressing, like just get the weight up and get the overload no matter what. And I continued to gain a bunch with that program and, you know, it was hard work. It taught me how to work hard. It taught me how to work to failure. And in the new age of training, there's a lot of discussion around how you don't need to train to failure, how the majority of studies show that two or three reps shy of failure is going to get you the majority of the benefits that training to failure would with significantly less fatigue, you know, all these topics that we can continue to go in over the, over the years, but, uh, or over the episodes rather. But the one thing that you can't get away from is that if you haven't trained to failure, you don't know what two rep shy of failure is. Um, there was a study that, um, Eric Helms did, I think as part of his PhD and they took trained men who bench press and told them to put their 10 RM on the bar, what they think they would fail at for 10 reps. And the, average difference was something like six reps. So the average person was getting like 16 reps with their 10 rep max. Some people were getting 22. Um, so if the average is six, people don't know their proximity to failure. Exactly. And I think that what that, what that max OT experience taught me was that you will get benefit if you just train to failure and work harder than you did the prior session. So these are kind of all these little lessons that are integrating into who I am and what my belief system is now, how I train people currently and all of these things that help me be better at what I do now and help relay this information to people more effectively. Um, so Max OT took me through college. It was perfect. Um, Anders is the guy I started CrossFit PB with. Aaron was the member there for a number of years as we discussed. And he was also my college roommate. So we would go into the gym and, uh, I remember us just getting so drunk on Thursday nights and then going in and Friday was always arm day because we could do it in flip flops. So we'd sit there and do like preacher curls and, you know, tricep pushdowns or whatever in our flip flops the day after being drunk. And these are just the things in college that you do, but we always got our sessions in. One of the things that I really want to touch on is later on in this episode or in future episodes is my, my lack of focus on nutrition for years and years and years. I didn't really pay much attention to nutrition at all, even through the max OT days, through college, through CrossFit. I didn't really pay much attention to nutrition. It was more the mindset of you can eat whatever you want because you're fueling, fueling performance. Um, and then it wasn't even until I came out of CrossFit on the other side in like 2015, 16, 17, that nutrition really started to kind of be a thing that, that I put my focus in. So 
it's wild to think that I trained for like 20 years before I was even like, maybe this nutrition thing is kind of important as well. Um, so kind of pushed through that max OT stuff, finished college, continued training with a bro split. Anders moved to San Diego. We started CrossFit and I can just continue talking about the, the CrossFit days and stuff, but I'd love to hear a little bit more of your story before we get into the, the CrossFit spectrum of things. Yeah, that's perfect. I'll kind of tell my story up until basically, you know, the, when CrossFit hit too. So I got into training through playing football in high school. Um, I was fortunate to go to like a big, you know, 4A school in Pennsylvania and football was very, very just like important. Right. And it was basically one of those things like, Hey, if you want to play football, you need to lift weights. And they basically encouraged us to quit playing other sports to, so we could spend that time lifting. Um, I grew up playing basketball, super, super lanky, um, like very skinny. I went into high school at five foot nine, 135 pounds, which is like insane. (laughs) Um, yeah. And then, uh, I played, you know, football freshman year and, you know, started lifting after that freshman basketball season and then put on like a bunch of weight. You know, I went into my sophomore season, um, at like 165. So I put on like 30 pounds that year, which was of course great. Um, and then through some bad things with basketball, I just didn't really agree with the coach. Um, he, I lost a lot of respect for him. I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just gonna play football. So that gave me, you know, basically nine months out of the year to train and set, you know, during the, in, in, a, in the middle of football season. And I was very, very fortunate that we had like one of our coaches, um, like played college football, understood the weight room. Like we had like structured training, like we had, it was posted up on the like specific days. They would give us the new thing. Everyone had to track their stuff. We had these log books. And then awesome. one of the guy's moms worked for like a big, I don't know. It was like a corporate, like, bakery or something like that where like food that was like just expired like she could like take and like give us so and then they would pull money together from like the parents and stuff and buy like protein powder and then we'd have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches so like every day after training they were like get your protein shake get your peanut butter and jelly in you know get two of them and so like we would eat you know and we would like train and eat and I mean, you know, it was very fortunate. Like I said, with that coach, we, our training was really structured. So on Tuesdays, I remember we'd have like heavy double back squats, right? We would do a pyramid, 10, eight, six, four, two, increasing weight. Mm-hmm. Um, Mondays were similar with bench. And then on Fridays, we would have wide squats. On Wednesdays, we would do front squats. Like it was like, I remember. And then they would make us do dips every single day. <laughs> um, so some of it probably wasn't like the smartest, but like it was structured. And mm-hmm. Um, training went really, really good. I, you know, soon football became just a means for me to lift weights. Um, I was much better at, you know, lifting weights than I was at football. And then uh, after my sophomore year, they started putting us in powerlifting competitions in the, in the off season. Like little did I know we were doing powerlifting back then. I was just like, Oh, it's just lifting competitions. I get all the other football schools in the, in the division are here, like, you know, the majority of them. And we would go in and do it. And it was uh, single ply powerlifting. So we had like the ends or suits. Um, we didn't deadlift until my, like my last meet. Um, but it was really, really good. And one thing that was really cool is like, I didn't know how strong we were back then because everyone was that strong. So like one of the stories I tell is I had been asking my parents to get a tattoo from when I was like 12 years old. And then eventually they were like, okay, you have this lifting meet coming up. Like if you place, you can get a tattoo. So that was like my goal, right? Um, it was like two weeks or three weeks after my 16th birthday, um, but I squatted 405 in that competition. Damn. And like you knowing like now what I could squat, like it's it's kind of impressive, you know, that I was so young and was able to do that. But like you just when you're that age and your hormones are hitting, it's it's pretty much like a like a natural steroid cycle, really, mm-hmm. because your hormones are just pumping out of control when you're hitting puberty. And if you're actually training and stuff like the the progress you can make is incredible, especially when you're new. So that really took me through high school. Um, and then, you know, I had a, 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 a big, uh, injury, my senior year required surgery. So I wasn't lifting, uh, it was a shoulder, uh, a slap tear. Mm-hmm. So that put me out for like eight months from, from training and then got to college, decided not to play football, um, which was a blessing in disguise and really kind of just found myself now, like on my own, I tried to go back to that, that program we had in, in for football, but it was just like so demanding and without the pressure of like football and, and the liberty of mm-hmm. college and without having that environment, like 
it was just so much. It would like, it would crush me. I did it for like a week and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I don't know how I did actually. Plus like all the drinking and stuff, obviously with college. <laughs> right. Um, so I found myself like in the bro splits, you know, following like the, 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 the muscle magazines and just picking random stuff up. And that like carried me through college. But like, I wouldn't say I made a ton of progress in college. I would say the best thing I progressed in college was my bench. My bench always sucked in high school. I think my max at my last competition was only 255. But then I ran like a, me and one of my roommates ran um, Wendler 531, like my junior year of college. And I got my bench up to 310. So that was like the wow. best, you know, thing I, I could do then. And then towards like my senior year, I was becoming very like um, disengaged with training. I was just like sick of seeing like the same, same people doing the same things and seeing the stupid music videos on it, like the, the corporate school gym, I was just like really, really burnt out on it. And like right at the end of my senior year, I remember seeing like a kid I went to high school with posting like videos on Facebook and little, I mean, little did I know at the time it was CrossFit, but I was like, yo, what is this? They were climbing ropes. They were flipping tires. And this is like 2009, 2010. And I was like, I'm, and I, I messaged them and I was like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, you know, schools gets out in a couple months. I'll, I graduate you know, what do you, what do you do in type of thing? And he was like, yeah, when you get home, you know, hit me up, I'll bring you to the gym type of thing. And that was like kind of where I found myself in, into CrossFit immediately after graduating college. And that was a, a big, cause I was excited to train again after the last like year, I'd been pretty much going through the motions. Um, so that's kind of where, where I found that. And then literally a month later, I ended up moving to San Diego. And then, you know, I needed basically a friend group and everything. So joining a CrossFit gym was a great method for that. And it was so new to me. I was super excited. So I did that for a year downtown and then, you know, kind of going back to where I started or what I said before, following year, moved to Pacific Beach, um, you know, met you, joined CrossFit PB. And that's kind of what, what got us uh, to where we're at here now. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I love that story of uh, the fact that you were basically doing powerlifting in, in high school was rad. Um, you weren't doing any Olympic lifting though? They, they, my junior year, I want to say they brought in some guy to teach us how to clean and it was very, yeah. very strange. And I remember that he was like an old dude, probably in his like sixties. And we had like the hex, not even hexagon, maybe octagon plates. Right. And he was like yeah, cleaning yeah, yeah. and like dropping the weights in the bar. And I remember I'm like, everyone's like looking around, I'm like, what is this crazy old fucking right, dude right, doing right. dropping the weights like that? <laughs> but like, obviously in like an Olympic lifting gym or whatever, like that's what you do. You drop the weights, right, you know, right, right. but it was, uh, it, but I mean, cleaning was brutal. I think like I worked up to like a 150, 155, maybe 175, like power clean. Um, but it's just like, it was just like basically, okay, it's a deadlift. And then I just like jump, <laughs> jump, right. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. That's was, how like Ripito teaches yeah, it. It was awful. <laughs> Um, well, that's so, I think this transitions really well into kind of the next thing, which is our involvement in CrossFit and kind of some of the things we learned from it, but also maybe some of the things that, that we needed to change when we left it, or maybe they were even the catalyst for why we had to leave it. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are kind of two, two thoughts on this, two, two things that come to mind for me. One is that we both were athletes and CrossFit, I think was a way in which we could go back to feeling like athletes again. It allowed you to compete with your bros, but with this competition that's inherent in CrossFit, it also kind of created this process of training in which we were so motivated by performance increases that the quality of the movement that we were performing kind of decreased or at least was degraded under the heavy fatigue. So yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent what you, what you first spoke about, like really hit the nail on the head. Like I, I feeling like an athlete again was, I, I didn't know how good that would make me feel, you know, at 22 when I just, I'm like, okay, I'm college is over. I'm, I'm working, you know, and it was lackluster in terms of fulfillment in my life. But like, that's what like feeling like an athlete and competing again was, I mean, it's an incredible feeling. And that's like yeah. initially what really drove me. And then when you find another, you know, group of guys that were basically, you know, we were, there was like 10 of us that were all within, you know, two or three years of each other, roughly the same size, you know, five, nine to like six, one, 
185 to like 225 pounds. Like it was incredible what that did for, you know, me like having something to care about again. Yeah, for sure. It was amazing having Kendall and Hoosier and Driscoll mm-hmm. and all those guys there too. Um, it was just a constant like bro out every day. Yeah. And I think this also brings up in my mind kind of the notion of CrossFit being a unique sport in that when you practice other sports and, and you know, every type of sport's a little different. Like if you practice jujitsu, you're working your ass off and it's, it's a workout, uh, much like it is in CrossFit. But that's kind of the point is that in CrossFit, you cannot practice CrossFit in, in the sense of getting technically better, more proficient at the movement without also simultaneously working out. Yeah. And so this, this I think is like kind of the root of the problem for like someone like us that comes from an athletic background and we understand the importance of technical proficiency and the fact of being able to be more efficient with your movement and what that brings. And the more that you do these movements and continue to, to harness your energy to improve your technique, you're, you're really just going into a, a recovery debt. Um, and I think that that's what got me in the end. Um, you know, it's like you go to practice basketball and you're shooting a hundred free throws, but you finish your hundred free throws and you, you walk out of the gym and like you, you didn't expend any energy, but you got better at shooting free throws do a 10 minute imam of 10 thrusters on the minute. And that's not easy. You end up being very fatigued from that. Um, so, you know, that being one major point and then in the pursuit of, of beating your bros of, of the leaderboard that we had on the wall with the top five snatches and the top five cleans and the top five back squats and, and all these different things, man, I remember when I first learned to snatch, I was so obsessed with it. I did it every day for six months. And like, those are just the types of things that for whatever reason at that time in my life, I just felt like I needed to do to get better at what I was trying to get better at. And in the end, I ended up with a, uh, a torn labrum and, uh, some, I, I, you can't call it adrenal fatigue, HP one axis. Yeah. 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 So I just, I just, it was, un, I was, I, I ended up being unmotivated to train. Um, throughout that process and coming out of it, I just knew that I needed to put so much more focus into the quality of the movement and the quality of the reps that I was performing and that every rep mattered and that doing things like 30 cleans for time was not what I had in my future. Like if I was going to continue what ended up, you know, going into this hybrid program that, that I ran, you know, we stopped doing cleans for time, snatches for time, things like that. We would do things like clean and snatch technique work, uh, with lighter loads. So these kind of lessons of, um, uh, of quality over quantity being the thing and coming out of it and realizing that the more you can recover, the better you can perform. And, uh, and it kind of felt like in CrossFit that that was a little bit backwards. Yeah. I think one thing that I think is, is in now, maybe this could be now because I'm, you know, simply older, um, you know, 32 years old and you're what, like four years older than me, five years, uh, 38. Okay. So, I mean, we're just a little bit older now, I think is, is one part. Maybe we're a little bit more introspective. Uh, another thing is it was all so new, you know, we rode that first wave of, CrossFit, a lot of the data wasn't out there. Like I remember back when you were, you were coaching games athletes and stuff like that to have like a remote coach was like very new and there weren't many people doing it type of thing. And I think it was like when you're part of that kind of first wave, you don't have a lot of the lessons before of to, to kind of mm-hmm. build on. Cause now it's like a really known thing that like people are crushing their, um, adrenals and their recovery capacity and stuff like that from, from this and, you know, under eating, under recovering, but like back then no one was speaking about it, or maybe I was just so young and didn't really know or, or care. Um, and I agree. It was like one of those things, everything was so performance driven. And I remember, you know, my goal was like, okay, I want to, I want to go to regionals, right. I want to be better. So that, that year before my first injury, you know, we were training seven days a week. And I remember when you, you talked to me one time, you're like, Hey, are you guys coming in? Cause the gym was closed on Sunday. But, um, I remember, uh, what was his name? Um, Dave, Dave, uh, Rice. Dave Rice had a key cause he worked like at the hospital night. So he would like, we would go work out with him on Sundays. We were training seven days a week for like, like right. two months on end. 
And you were like, hey, are you guys training seven days a week? And we were like, fuck yeah, dude, we are. And you were like, no, you cannot do that. <laughs> and it was like, it hit me like a like a blindside. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, why can't we just train more and do more? That's how you get better. But it was like so foreign to me that I needed to recover. And all these like little things were literally just like stacking up against me. Like I, I had sucked it sleeping like my entire adult life. Um, I was drinking on the weekends and, and then training seven days a week. And then it wasn't until, you know, I got that first injury when I ruptured my Achilles doing box jumps. Mm -hmm. You know, I was one of those people that it hit me and I was 25 years old and then I'm looking at like eight months to recover. And I'm like, holy mm -hmm. shit. It, like that was what made me like slow down and be like, oh, well I have all this time on my hands. And I was like really salty about getting hurt, you know, cause I was like, why am I the one who's getting hurt? Why is everyone else? Okay. But like little did I know everyone else knew how to sleep at night. Everyone else didn't drink, you know, Thursday through Sunday as much potentially. Um, they probably ate more carbs. I was one of those people who like, okay, like, well, carbs are bad. So, but like bacon's good. So I'd have like bacon every single morning and I would have as much as I wanted to and all these fats, but like, Oh, I can't have it. Like, Oh, Oh, does that meal come with rice? No, I can't have rice. Like I was one of those people. That's what I really truly believed. And that was very common back then, you know? Um, right. And it wasn't until like, I really, everything was, I wasn't able to do what I wanted to do anymore. So I had that Achilles rupture that I finally, you know, recovered from. And I was actually able to parlay, you know, that right into, um, going into regionals that next year, which was like really, really wild. But it was actually at that, you know, CrossFit regionals in, in 2014, when I realized that like, Hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I, I've reached my goal and the, the work required to kind of move past that I'm not interested in. And I just, you know, I don't have any more CrossFit related goals. And it kind of like, it's kind of what you were saying. I got to that point where doing, I was like, I'm done doing burpees, right? Cause that, how is that going to help me with my goals? I'm done doing 95 pound snatches for time. I just didn't have any more of those purely, you know, CrossFit type goals. So it was time for my training to kind of switch. And then that's, you know, where I moved into Olympic weightlifting full, full time. And that was, you know, great for a while, but I still had all the recovery capacity issues, the sleep and food issues, and ultimately just getting hurt even more then, you know, it was that very next year. I don't even think I was maybe a full year out of when I've re re recovered from r rupturing my Achilles that I tore my patella tendon. Um, and that's, you know, two surgeries in three years, you don't get much training done when you're covering from these big surgeries. And it was at that point where I was like, I, I got to do something else. Cause I was just, my body was in shambles and I was just so sick mm -hmm. of not being able to train because I just was falling apart. Yeah, totally. That's really, really cool to hear all that. And, um, I think it just plays into the fact that what we were discussing about, you know, when the goal is to improve physique, it's who can recover better. Like I've heard people talk about this, but the best bodybuilders in the world are just like these super laid back chill guys that like they go in and they smash it for like an hour, an hour and a half or whatever. And then they go home and they just like sit on the couch and watch TV and like read books and stuff. Like literally you just want to recover as hard as fucking possible. And that's how you get to the top of the game. And as I transitioned out of this crazy CrossFit mindset of more, 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 and kind of moved into the hybrid world and just started feeling better, it's funny how like just slowly and gradually over time, I maneuvered away from the things that didn't make me feel great. And like, you know, you can even use the example of, of a back squat, man, as simple as a back squat or a deadlift. And like, these are two movements that throughout the first years that I trained big compounds was the focus throughout max OT, big compounds were the focus throughout CrossFit, big compounds focus, right? I come out of this and I'm like, man, every time I deadlift and squat really heavy, my body either feels like shit or I'm really tired for like three days. I wonder what's going on with that. Yeah. And that was that I used to be that person. I was like, I squatted. I love to squat. We would squat, you know, four days a week, but my legs would never grow. Um, and I, and I just didn't like, well, I just need to do more. I need to do heavier, you know, but I was just like, my recovery wasn't there. I wasn't eating enough or I wasn't eating enough of the right things I should say. And I just like, one of those things is like, now I realize like, I don't have great levers for like a traditional back squat to grow my legs. Um, and I know like you're in the same, same boat in that regard. 
And it's, it was one of those things I had, some of it was ego too, a little bit tied into like, well, I need to be able to, I need to be really strong. I need to be able to squat, you know, more than 350 for at least five reps. You know, I can't not do that. Of course. And when it came back to like, really just kind of looking at myself and sitting down and like, okay, what do I want? Right. Like CrossFit's over. Um, I'm not really looking to go make really into powerlifting, even though I do like, you know, the compounds, um, I just want like to improve my physique. I want to feel great. I want to improve my physique and I want to be healthy again. That was a big one. Like I really want to be healthy and have my joints feel good and stuff. Like at this point I'm 28, 29 and you know, I'm finally over that, um, patella tendon surgery. And I'm like, I just, I'm no more surgeries. Right. You know, I've, I had three of them in my life at that point. I'd been through, you know, six rounds of PRP in my shoulder for the second time I tore it. And I'm like, I just can't do this anymore. Cause I don't even get the train. I'm spending all my time just fucking recovering from being dumb. Like I'm just, I can't do it anymore. So that became my focus. And that's kind of where I found myself in the last like three years. And I mean, of course we haven't talked about nutrition at all. And that's like a massive, massive part of this, but it's kind of where I found myself now and just, you know, training to feel great. And, um, you know, and, and improve my physique. And that's really, really fun. And that's, you know, what I really like to do now. And it's been very, it's just kind of come full circle, um, which I know is, I think is very similar for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just to put a, a ribbon on that whole thing, like being able to look objectively at your movement selection and be able to say, okay, I had this love affair with squats, but maybe it's time we break up. And I, I love to deadlift and pull heavy off the floor, but maybe doing it in conventional or sumo style is not the most effective way to train a specific body part and is causing too much residual fatigue. So maybe that's the case. Maybe it's not the case, but being able to kind of look at things objectively and select movements that work for you, right? Like even as something as simple as a lateral raise might not work for you or like an upright row, that's a common one, right? Upright rows don't work for a lot of people. You don't have to do the upright row. You can do the cable lateral raise or the cable face pull or something like that and find the movement that feels better for you and ensures that your body feels good throughout the day. Because if we're training for life, we don't want to be training in a manner that's going to inhibit the quality of our daily life. And, um, that's kind of the best thing that I got out of this switch to this style of training is that not only is my physique improving and I have more mental clarity and focus throughout the day, more time to spend on projects and things like that. And with my family, but I also just feel good and my body feels good. And that's really kind of the big takeaway. hundred percent. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about really quickly before we talk about nutrition is Take me back a little bit through of your background of like what took you from so like basically getting into CrossFit to opening a gym and deciding, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, you know, becoming a coach is something I want to do. Being a CrossFit coach. Mm -hmm. We're not just necessarily Uh, being a CrossFit coach, but but you went, you went straight from, I'm going to open my CrossFit gym. Yeah. I mean, I was so into fitness just from, from such a young age, it consumed me. And even throughout college where maybe my priority shifted to, to girls and drinking over, over fitness, fitness was like second. And then it was like my education because, <laughs> um, because I was in school for fitness anyways, but it was like something I was super obsessed with. And I always read about it. So even getting out of school, um, I had family members and friends that I was training, you know, via email with spreadsheets and stuff like that. And it was just something I always wanted to do. So the, the story of how it all happened was Anders and I getting blacked out in Vegas in 2009 for a bachelor party and stumbling down the streets of Vegas, he turns to me and he's like, dude, we should totally open a gym. And, and I'm like, yeah, totally. And like, we both forgot about it. And then like two weeks later, he's when we were sober back in Pacific beach, he's like, Hey, remember when I said that thing about the gym? Um, and, and then it, it was just, it was just my path, man. I don't really know that there's even a moment where I was like, this is, this is something I want to do. It was just like always kind of meant to be, it was like, Oh yeah, of course I'm going to open a gym. You know, like if, if someone would have told me that I could make a living doing what I'm doing right now, like 20 years ago, I would have done this like from the very beginning. Um, but it was always back then it was, you know, you can't make much of a living in this. You need to go into business or you need to go into psychology or, um, you need to take one of these other paths. And, um, man, I am just incredibly thankful and grateful to, to be where I am doing what I am doing right now. And I know that, that you feel the same way. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting because it's 
like I, like I briefly mentioned, like eventually football just became a way for a means for me to lift weights. Um, and then when it came time to like go to college and stuff, people like family members were asking me and I was like, I think I'm going to get like, you know, going to exercise phase or something like that. And I remember like a specific family, I'm very like vivid of this. And they were like, no, 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 no. You need to go to school for something that you can make money in. And I remember thinking like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, I, I think I want to have money. Like that would be, it's probably a good idea. So I went to school for tech then. And, you know, that was always fine. I was like, hey, this is a job. It'll pay the bills type of thing. But immediately, you know, after school, I get into it and I'm like, oh, this, this is what this is. <laughs> and it was always like, it was just a means to pay my bills and stuff. But like at, when it was 4.30, when it was time to go, like I was out of there to the gym because that's what my prior, my, my main priority was. So for me, uh, it like my, I worked as a software engineer for, you know, uh, almost eight years out of college, but it was always a means to an end. And then once, um, little did I know nutrition would actually become the the primary pathway, but it was always for, uh, it was by route of the fitness is what got, is what got me there. Um, so I think that's Absolutely. kind of really cool to talk about. Um, okay. So why don't you kind of tell me a little bit more about like once you started learning a little bit more about nutrition and paying more attention to it? Yeah. Um, so like in the initial days in high school, I would say I actually did pay attention to it. I was big into the like six meals a day, um, got to have protein every three hours type thing. So, so I did that a little bit throughout high school. I wasn't super into drinking or anything like that, but then as soon as I got to college, all that got thrown by the wayside. Um, one of the topics that I actually wanted to talk about in our future episodes is, uh, yeah, the dreamer bulk or the super, you know, put on 30 pounds in X amount of time and then cut it all off and see what's underneath idea. Um, and that's actually what I did in, in college. So it was a combo, it was a combo of good and bad weight for sure. But I went from 170 to 200 in four months in my first semester of college. And I got so strong. I mean, it, it was the biggest gaining period of my life in strength was going that, that first semester at college when I gained 30 pounds. So I have a, an interesting perspective on that. Um, but I, I, while I don't think necessarily that everyone has to do that, I think that that was an important piece for me um, was realizing the power of food. Um, and then uh, kind of coming out of that and going into CrossFit, it was much like you where carbs were seen as, as the bad thing. And I distinctly remember Anders and I at the first gym, you probably remember too, we would literally take a pound of red meat and throw it on the Foreman grill and grill it until it was done, throw some cheese and some guacamole on it. And that was our meal. Um, like for one of us, uh, and we did that like three times a day. So that was literally what we were eating to fuel our CrossFit workouts. I didn't know any better. I remember competing in the open, in 2012 at 212 pounds, which is the heaviest I've ever been in my life. Um, and for context, like the leanest I've been recently is like 185. So that's like a, almost a 30 pound Delta. Um, and so even throughout CrossFit, then even once I realized that carbs were important, it was a much, much of like a, just eat what you can see diet because I was working out so much like Saturdays were hour long EMOMs and three workouts a day and like all these different things. So I was just shoveling food into my body. So then coming out of CrossFit into the physique space, I knew for sure I had to change the way I was eating and I knew the principles of eating, but much like I didn't understand the specific details of, of training for hypertrophy specifically as much as I do now. I also didn't understand nutrition for hypertrophy or nutrition for, for proper dieting or things like that at that time either. So coming out of that was a bit of an experimentation phase as I figured out, you know, I knew protein had to be at a gram per pound, but what was my personal need as far as carbohydrate and fat ratios? Did it matter at all? Um, and I know we can have an episode on that topic too, because I feel like that's very interesting and nuanced. Um, and as it turns out, I, I lean more toward higher carb when I really thought the whole time that I, based on my CrossFit experience and stuff, I would have guessed that I was a little bit more leaning toward higher fat. Um, so, you know, you kind of learn these things as you go. And in the grand scheme of things, like I learned enough that I got myself down from about 205 pounds to 185 pounds in 12 weeks and didn't lose any strength along the way. So, um, 
you know, throughout those processes, I think it's been super cool to, to read the stuff that you put out there and uh, a bunch of the other evidence-based experts in the industry and kind of the things that people tend to agree on um, based on the way that, that research currently exists. Yeah. I like what you said uh, at that last part about the things that people generally agree on. Um, that's a good, generally a good basis for like, okay, if everyone is saying this, it's probably, um, probably, I guess I should say, uh, pretty good. <laughs> Mine is a little bit different. So in terms of like eating for um, my goals, I, I should say that started back in, in high school with football. So I was fortunate. Um, I had a stepdad who knew a decent amount about putting on weight and stuff like that because he played football. And it's always, it's really funny telling the stories. He would bring home, we had like a local supplement store and he would bring home, it was literally in a bucket in like a 10 pound bucket, this stuff called Grotein XXL. And I, I mean, I think it obviously had protein in it, but it was probably like a carb thing too. But mm-hmm. I would do like two of those shakes a day and they were probably a thousand calories each. And then I was eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then, you know, the, the protein shake and whatever they would give us after football. But I put on 30 pounds a year in high school. So when I said I went in at 135, I went into my <laughs> senior football season at 215. Um, wow. So like putting on weight was always an easy thing. And then I eventually got moved to like tight end. So I would hang out with all the linemen, right? And all the linemen were like 240, 250 plus. So just eat all the time. <laughs> Um, but then, you know, kind of in high in college, I didn't pay any mind to it. Right. I, I ended up losing a little bit of it just by not eating so, so much. And then, um, through that, you know, took me into basically when I found CrossFit and I was like, okay, I don't need all of this, you know, football weight anymore. So just by doing, I started paying a little, a lot more attention to like paleo type stuff. Right. So I removed bread or removed rice or removed all these things. Um, and I was just doing a lot of endurance workouts, like the long chippers, a lot of running and that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And I lost a lot of weight. I got down into the one seventies, which at five eleven is very like, wow. Me. Yeah. I mean, I lost a lot of muscle too. Um, but I just didn't know any better. And then, you know, going through everything we talked about with, once I got back into training and, and, or, you know, coming over to the PB gym, eating a lot of fat and just, I really didn't know anything about nutrition for recovery, the importance of carbohydrates, all these things, but we did kind of what you said, ate so, so much meat. It was always double or triple, triple burger patties. And then we would go to like wing night every Monday and I would eat as literally as many wings as I could until I would get sick. Um, and just did the dumbest things and kind of like what you said, when I went to regionals, I went to regionals at 217, which is massive <laughs> for me in CrossFit. And then after that, once I got into like, I would call it like my pseudo second powerlifting phase. I was at a powerlifting gym and just like, I was doing like power building really. Um, and just mm-hmm. had this idea that I wanted to get like as big as I could. I got up to 227, which for me is like massive. Um, yeah. For reference right now, I was, I was 201 this morning. Um, and that's like right at that phase is when nutrition really kicked in, right? It's like when I really started taking a, a big interest to it, I was spending a lot of time with Jen Ryan, who had her nutrition coaching business going, mm-hmm. um, helping her with like the tech side of things. And that was when a lot of things, when I realized like, because after my nutri- after my injury is when I started, like I read that first Renaissance periodization book back in like 2014 when it came out. So that's when I started learning about mm-hmm. macros and different things. I'd be like kind of briefly dabbling and tracking my food or basically getting an understanding of these or these types of things. Um, and then after, you know, spending a lot of time with her and then learning more from her and seeing um, a lot of like the the requests and stuff that came in, I got to understand like how little like your gen pop CrossFit person knew about nutrition. And that's really where I was, you know, three years prior. Um, mm-hmm. so it became this big rabbit hole. I just loved learning about it. And at the time, like some of my, my problems and injuries were like healing, you know, I was like coming out of that knee surgery, um, feeling really good again. And I just started learning so much more. I was like, you know, maybe this is like a little side business thing I want to do. Cause I saw what she was doing. Um, so I went, got my precision nutrition level one cert, which was very, very cool. Uh, I went through and unofficially did the NCI level one when, when she did it remote, I just basically hung out with her for the weekend and read everything. That was really, really cool. And just went down these massive rabbit holes. Cause it was so, it was like something new for me. It was in, it was like, I was dissatisfied with my, with my role in work and it was like a hobby. So I just like spent a lot of time learning and then my body composition was improving. I was learning about just all these ins and outs of the body, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, and it just became this like encompassing thing. And then I went and got my 
license and then, okay, started my side business from it. And then, you know, within like seven, eight months of that, I realized like, this is what I want to do now. Like, I don't want to do what I've been doing anymore with software. And it was just, okay, this is a business and this is where I'm going to take the direction of my life. And it felt like I was finally coming full circle because of you know where I thought I'd go into like exercise fizz and have something to do in like the gyms and stuff. And there was a couple of times where I kind of thought about potentially um, getting into like becoming a CrossFit coach or something, but I was always just kind of hesitant towards it. So it was finally like everything was coming full circle and I could finally like stop pretending I would say about who I was in my life. And it's been phenomenal, like easily the best decision I've ever made. Um, it was really cool to see just basically how much nutrition has given me. And now I basically just spend my days giving that back to people. Yeah, for sure. And I think the, the key there is that we both found something that was a hobby for us, something that we were obsessed with and turned it into a profession and, uh, we're the luckiest people ever. And, uh, it's really cool that when we read stuff in our free time, it's usually things that both interest us and also enhance our profession. So, um, man, it's just so cool. So cool to be here and so cool to be able to help others with, uh, with all the things that we've learned over the years. hundred percent. So, um, with that, is there anything else you'd kind of like to talk about in this, uh, pilot episode? No, I think we're good, man. We have a, for anyone that doesn't know, we have a list of like 22 different topics that we want to cover. 22 typed out or like topped out. So I'm super, super excited to really get into the the deep end of things. One thing I think is very, and really I think why this podcast ended up happening to be completely honest is you and I are both pretty much the same in regards to like being just, you know, I'm going to be honest, a little bit nerdy about these types of things where like if someone's going to take it to like level seven, you and I are going to go to 11 and I want to know like, okay, (laughs) what are the mechanisms of action here? Like, okay, if I do, if I can get a half, if I can get an extra rep on this thing over like four months, what does that turn into type of deal where other people are just going to be like, (laughs) and why do we care? (laughs) Yeah, totally dude. Well, I'm, I'm just amped. I'm really glad we decided to do this and, uh, I hope everyone out there listening at least gets something out of it. Cool. All right, Brian. So that is it for our uh, first episode of the Eat, Train, Prosper podcast. And we will be back next time. Later, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Eat, Train, Prosper. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe or share us with your friends. You can find more from Aaron at strakernutritionco.com and more from Brian at evolvedtrainingsystems.com. Talk to you guys next time.